Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, and welcome to Come for Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook, and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food chat about life and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, share it, and tell your friends as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the show. This week, I sit down with a woman whose delicious food I have been fortunate enough to eat many, many times. She has written two cookbooks, Nina Saint-Tropez and Nina Capri, centering around the culture and cuisine of the south of France and Italy. Her catering clients include Donatella Versace, Russell Brand and Stormzy. And when she's not cooking for the stars, you'll find her writing recipes and travel for publications including Tatler and The Evening Standard. Welcome to the studio, Antonina Parker, or Nina, as I know you. Oh, that is such a nice little intro. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I always think it's good to kind of like pump people out. Like, how often do you introduce yourself? I was like wondering that? So it's what quite you'd nice. say. To be <laughs> so, how are you, and where have you come from today? I'm good. Um, I well, I came with you. Yeah, over from our house. Although, yeah. also. I'll say, I'll say it now, disclosure. We're, we're also neighbours and I walked yeah. past you running today for a bus. Were yeah. you running for yoga? Yeah, I was. And I almost <laughs> missed it, but I, I managed to like, wangle um, back into the class, so it was fine. So as someone who cooks their fair share of dinner parties, I guess almost as a career, do, would you say that you still enjoy dinner parties? Do you still like entertaining? Yeah, I do. I think in the last year or so, I've not done as much entertaining as I, you know, used to do. I used to do so much um, with friends, but I feel at the moment I'm just doing so many other kind of jobs. Mm -hmm. And it is when I have my downtime, it's as much as possible just chilling. You're doing a dinner party tonight, aren't you? Yeah, but loosely. (laughs) I mean, my housemate's going to make it and I'm just going to oversee... Um, and just make sure it all tastes right. Okay, but, sort of um, orchestrate it. Yeah, exactly. But I, d- I mean, I do love entertaining. I, l- I actually have, uh, over the summer, I was thinking, oh, no, I'm not really doing that much, and I've I've made a date, and I'm getting a load of people around. Because the thing is, I always do about 10 to 12 people, so mm-hmm. it's never a small thing. Yeah. Because I'm always like, oh, get another person around. Oh, I haven't, invited, I haven't seen this well, person. Well, so you may as well as well. Yeah, if I'm making... I'm used to doing big batches, yeah. so... It uh, yeah, so I'm I'm having them over, uh, like in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I don't know what I'm cooking yet. Before you ask me, well, I, well, I was going to ask you what's what's kind of like what's a kind of signature kind of dinner party for you? Like talk through us, talk us through kind of a starter, main, and pudding loosely. Loosely, I always you know want to make it as easy as possible when mm-hmm. I've got people around. But then the really annoying thing is people expect a lot from yeah. me. So I'm I can never just throw it in the oven and forget about it and just do I don't know, just do like a nice salad or something and and 
or like a roast or whatever, people are like, oh, cool, I can't wait to come round, and which is really great, but it's also the pressure, always mm-hmm. the pressure. And so I do still need to make quite a bit of effort and make sure there's some delicious sauce or dressing or there's something a bit unusual that they haven't had before. I mean, I do try and do a lot of veggie stuff. I really push that on people um, and forcefully mm-hmm. uh, to always say, this can be so good. Um, and... Yeah, so I think I'll probably do something veggie, yeah. not vegan, but I'll do vegetarian. And I might pull out all the stops and do a cake. Nice, what as kind well. of cake? I'm big into my desserts, yeah. love my cake. Um, probably something with chocolate or if I have some ice cream. I mean, my signature thing to do, just because I've always got vanilla, homemade vanilla ice cream in the freezer I'll just put like hot dark chocolate sauce and almond flakes and if you use good quality ingredients of those sort of three things it's amazing Mm, so delicious so French and Italian food are massive inspirations for you I know yeah Um, and your books center around kind of French and Italian food can you tell me a bit more about kind of why that is and I know that you spend some of your childhood and you spend your summers in Saint-Tropez and yeah take us back to kind of the summers of the south of France yeah (laughs) Um, it sounds very glamorous when you say it like that. Uh, my, so my um, my parents have they actually met in the south of France on the beach when they were younger. That's and so lovely. It's very sweet. Um, and she, I think, I think my mom. There was like a group of guys, and my mom was there with her parents, and she thought, oh, like I think she fancied all of them. To be honest, mm-hmm. she's very clear about that. And and yeah, she just yeah. They've kind of continued to go there to sort of... So it started like Joël les Pins, which is very near Nice, and then they go... They sort of eventually got a place in Port Grimo, which is this really cute little Venice-type um, port, and all the houses are sort of pastel colours, and, you know, everyone gets everywhere on boat, and it's just... It's, it's amazing, and it's only been around for, like, 40 years, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit longer... So it's still quite new, and it's like this amazing architect, Francois Spurry, that designed the whole thing. And it's about five minutes from Saint-Tropez, so my whole family go there still. We've Luckily, my parents have a house, and and yeah, I've been going. I've not not been there a summer for Ever. my whole life. That's yeah. amazing. Which is quite funny. And what about Italy as well? Because I know that you, you love Italian food. You've also yes. worked in Italian restaurants. So I've mainly worked in Italian restaurants and uh, in London. And I just, yeah, I, I, when I left uni, I didn't really know what, I mean, I'd say that I didn't really know. I, I tried a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And then I met this guy while I was working at Wimbledon, very aptly, because I'm obsessed with tennis, yeah. as you know. <laughs> And uh, he was like, I said, oh, I want to work in, in a restaurant. I want to be someone's sous chef. I, I mean, I was a complete idiot. I had no idea of like the kitchen and the hierarchy. I mean, I was a real amateur. And he said, oh, I, I have this um, amazing restaurant that I go to called Lanama and I know the head chef, so I could maybe get you an intro. And I said, yeah, great. So I met Francesco Matze, um and he said, you know, I said, look, I don't have any um, kitchen experience, but I'm, you know, I really love food. And he said, that's fine. We'll teach you everything. As long as you've got passion, we'll teach you everything else. And and it's so true because I think with food that, you know, I, I was put in on the job. So I think I did a, it was like seven months sort of stage. Yeah. And um, I ended up someone left starters and they needed an extra pair of hands like within a month. And then I was put in the deep end 
Which is petrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I love the craziness of the kitchen, the sort of high octane atmosphere and and also and you had one of my uh like colleagues well who was also my boss Lalo um on like a few days ago who's amazing and he sort of taught me so much and mm -hmm. he the, everyone that was in that kitchen was just I mean it was just me and everyone was they were all male I think I was 11 male chefs that wow. all Italian That's a and me. lot of ego yeah was there much like plate clashing or kind of but shouting there was a lot of shouting but it was in a very funny way and mm -hmm. it was just all everyone taking the piss everyone making a joke all the time and i love that kind of team camaraderie kind of feel of the the kitchen and i think i was a bit of a novelty because i was the only girl and i was english yeah i tried to speak to them I, you were the only girl that's i mean that's quite yeah. it's quite intense it was intense. I mean, I definitely had some real low points when I would be, you know, I'd burn my hand and I'd say, oh, like, I, I'm actually, I've burnt my hand. Like, yeah. if, if someone got any burn cream and they'd just be like, what are you talking about? Like, carry, carry on, on working. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't really, that was, you know, yeah. they thought I was a real princess just for things like that. And yeah, I'd be so like, interesting. Um, kind of hurts yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's changing now a little yeah I mean, it's slowly but it definitely is changing yeah but it taught me so much about you know hard work and uh, discipline and and that kind of to learn how to work in that very fast way is you know you, you definitely learn it on the job and uh i feel like you know even if you don't work in food for anybody it's such an important sort of environment to know what it's about and mm. how to work in that as well so i loved it and it was very creative as well i That's think it's I also it's also like they're such a family i think yeah like we, i was talking about this the other day as well but there is such a family working in a restaurant and that's yeah it's it's lovely to be exposed to that yeah that kind of side of hospitality rather than just seeing the kind of like facade of it which mm. you which is the only bit that you see when you're a customer oh it's a different yeah. ball game completely the people in the restaurant it's all calm and chilled the havoc and like the sweat that's going on in the yeah. back you just think you have no idea no and idea. you also worked did you work in, did you work in jalupo you worked in bocca yeah. jalupo no i worked in jalupo. you worked in jalupo so i ran their ice cream kitchen the for dream a year. Yes, the dream i don't funny. i don't know how you stay so slim but that it's like my dream job um i've never eaten as much ice cream that year as i did that i mean i would have it for breakfast every yeah, day because i'd be you? trying it and you know you got to check that it's okay and i mean i had a lot of sugar that year too much sugar but what's um, your um favorite ice cream flavor there from um i really i loved the fact that everything was just made from scratch i wanted mm -hmm. to work somewhere where it was just all natural ingredients and jacob kennedy Amazing. he's so good about that and he he gave me so much freedom. I could just do whatever I wanted. Um, I mean, yeah, it was very funny that I did that because it was it was. And they had the old Carpajani machines where you have like a paddle. I remember telling my friends what I did. They just thought well, this is such a weird job. What are you <laughs> doing? You're work. You're actually making ice cream every single day. Um, and yeah, I I think their ricotta ice cream they had like a ricotta ice cream so a cherry with one. dark chocolate oh, and black yeah. pepper and i thought that was delicious mainly because i had chocolate yeah. in it but it was creamy and you had the chocolate they also have the ricotta sour cherry which is what you're yeah. talking about that's and like the mint the mint the mint stracciatella there yeah it's so good mind-blowing but, but, but it's green yeah it's because green it's from made with i mean they have a massive bunch of mint leaves and it's you insane. just blanch them and then in cold water and then straight into the milk base and then you blend it so you've got 
that is what mint. That, I mean, I hadn't had it like that before. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's mind blowing. It's amazing. that's why it's that bright green. Yeah, purely Not from purely Mindy's. from mint. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's the best ice cream in London. It's I think, so good. Still hands yeah. down. Oh, I think so too. But I'm biased. But I do think it is. I tried a lot before I went. <laughs> I'm sure you have. And what about opening your own restaurant? Did you ever think about, or do you think about opening your own restaurant? I, I, a lot of people ask me this, and which maybe they ask you as well. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested in one way, but I think because I did work in restaurants, I know what it entails, yeah. and I know how difficult it is, and the late nights, and the commitment, and and then on the other hand, and I'm not good with commitment, that type of commitment. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just I, I really know how tough it would be. Yeah. Um, so, but so there's sort of that side. But the, another part of me knows that I could do something really cool and mm-hmm. I, I'd love to do it. And, you know, if I could get my recipes out every single day, I would yeah, love to so do great. that. But um, it's got to feel right, you know, right time. So, And I've always got that feeling that, you know, with a restaurant in London, the good things are constantly changing, mm-hmm. it's evolving. And you've got to, unless you've got, there are a few classics that keep going you know, like a like Colbert River Cafe. River Cafe. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a, probably a better example. But it just, I don't know. It's I, hard. I, I, think, I, I think, especially the London restaurants. Yeah. I mean, the whole hospitality scene is... Yeah, is, even if it's, it's amazing, it can yeah. still have a really tough time. So yeah. Location as well, staff. Location. But yeah. maybe, or maybe like maybe. a pop-up or something one day. Def- yeah, I mean, I'm, I am interested, mm-hmm. but I just, I feel like those things, it's got to be a real like gut instinct that you feel yeah, like, yeah. yeah, this is the right time. But you do supper clubs. You do supper clubs. Yes. And do you, don't you do bumble supper clubs? The, the... I do these bumble. I haven't done one for, like, we kind of chill out in the summer because mm-hmm. it gets a bit yeah. crazy. But I've been doing supper clubs with Bumble, the dating app, and they're hilarious. They're mm-hmm. the most, it's like an episode of First Dates. <coughs> where, so funny. Yeah, so funny. Do people, like, get it on? Because you do them uh, in your flat, don't you? Yes, I do them in my flat. Do you find people, like, in the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, I keep an eye on them, to be honest. <laughs> I keep an eye on them. Me and my housemate, which she helps me sous chef as mm-hmm. well. And yeah, I mean, we it's hilarious. They arrive, no one knows anyone. Bumble organizes the whole thing. And there's just this whole bunch of strangers, in one in my house, which mm-hmm. is quite jokes. But they're very nervous when they arrive, which is, you know, so I immediately give them like a yeah, margarita yeah, or exactly. something like that, some kind of cocktail. And and yeah, they kind of ease up straight after that drink, which is good. And by the end of the evening, they're all quite happy mm-hmm. and a bit pissed. Jolly. Exactly. And I have to kick them out and tell them that there's a pub down the road because <laughs> otherwise they would never leave. Yeah. Uh, but they're actually really, what's quite funny about them is it's quite an unusual, unnatural situation that they're in. You don't normally get 20 people that are all single that or in someone's house. It's quite, I don't know, I feel like it's an unnatural, Mm -hmm. unusual situation. But by the end of the night, there's this amazing, uplifting feeling because they're all in the same boat as well. Like, even though it's an intense situation that I hope that it brings, they're sort of brought together by food Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe they didn't fancy anybody, but at least they had a good meal and they, you know... It's quite a laid-back atmosphere because it's in my house. Yeah, which is quite nice. It's, it's got that element of kind of... And it is home cooking, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant yeah, cooking, yeah, yeah. but it is... You know, it's this is not... It's not kind of 
trying to think of like trendy ovens and stuff like yeah, that, that you no, have, which you just don't not. have. I cook, I cook with you um, actually in your kitchen, so yeah. <laughs> it's trendy, Small. but it's not like <laughs> I wouldn't call it trendy, but yeah. So you're definitely a seasoned entertainer, but I guess yeah. no one really gets to that position of expert without making mistakes. I've definitely made so many mistakes in the kitchen, so I wanted to know what what's the worst mistake that you've made in the kitchen? Like your biggest kitchen fuck-up? Yeah. Uh, well, there have been many. Lay it out. Obviously. <laughs> I started thinking about one that was really, you know, about something that happened in Lanama involving ice cream, which was really terrifying where I, like, mixed two flavours together. I thought... That's quite funny. And then I thought, actually, what am I talking about? There's a way bigger problem than I did. When I first started, it involves ice cream as well. Okay. All the best stories do. Yeah, that's true, actually. I yeah. have an ice cream story. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, well, I want to hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so when I first, so I left Jalupo yeah. and I bought an ice cream van, uh, like an H van, a Citroen H van, 1970s. That's cool. And did you not know that? No, that's so that. cool. No, I, I did yeah. not know that. That's so so what, you were an ice cream girl for a bit? Yeah, that's why I, le- I went to Jalupo because I wow. really wanted to learn about how to make amazing Italian gelato kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. No, I did not know that. That's yeah. so cool. Okay, carry So on. I told, you know, I, the, the biggest thing I was sort of telling my dad about what I wanted to do. I mm-hmm. wanted to have Got the dessert brand. Yeah. He freaked out. Obviously, he's like, what the hell are you talking about? You want to have an ice cream van? I said, how can you judge me? I, I mean, you're supposed to be supportive. <laughs> and really, I was freaking out myself because I thought, well, it is a bit nuts, but fine. Anyway, I bought this van first year starting it I went to a secret garden party and I'd signed up I was going to serve my ice creams at secret garden okay. and it was the first festival pretty much the first event probably I did um no and pressure. how many people like, it was also like a really for? rainy summer that summer I don't mm-hmm. know if yeah it was pissing it down most days and I thought why am I starting an ice cream business in England insane anyway I I remember being on the phone ordering raspberries um for the raspberry sorbet i was a bit distracted because there was this party i wanted to go to and i thought oh yeah i i can't go to the party and i remember thinking i've got to put the order in so i was on the phone and i clearly did very bad maths on for this order and i just said yeah yeah okay whatever she said that's fine and she sort of on the late the lady on the phone said oh well that's quite a lot i don't think we'll be able to get it all to you tomorrow but we could space it out over two days I said, yeah, that's that'd be great, great, cool. See you tomorrow. And the next day, they called me and they said, so the raspberries are arriving. And I said, great, okay, okay I'll come. And then this massive lorry is coming down. So I was based at my parents' house at mm-hmm. that point. Massive lorry coming down the driveway, and you know, small driveway, enormous lorry, like a proper lorry, not a van. Mm-hmm. And this guy is just unloading these crates of raspberries and. And then I've got the woman on the phone. She wants me to pay for them. And I said, oh my God. okay. And she said, well, that'll be £1,000 um, and like 1,120p one, one, or something like that. And I remember I was in my pyjamas in the <laughs> driveway and I just was like, um, okay. I have my card and I just thought, could I, is it possible to maybe take some back (laughs) and she just said no 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 because it's perishable fruit we can't really do that I'm afraid madam 
She said, but what I could do is I could cancel tomorrow's order. Okay, okay, and great. It, which is the same again. <laughs> oh I was about to drop two grand on raspberries <laughs> and um, and I could just, I just saw in front of my eyes just my dad saying, you're not going to make that, you know, how could you do this? To, you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, and everyone's saying, oh, you're just starting your business. I was trying to be really serious, yeah. starting my new business and, you know, I should know about ordering, and then these crates just kept kept on coming. So how many how many there kilos? Thirteen of crates. Thirteen crates. And my I just thought I've got to get rid of them. Luckily, my dad was away. Um, he was in London for the day, and I thought I could get rid of the evidence and hide it all in the freezer. Mm -hmm. And so I was pulse blending, blending, <laughs> and then my mum comes downstairs and she sees one of these crates, yeah. And she says, oh, that's, you've got a lot of raspberries there. Oh and I just said, don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to me about it. There's more in the garden. Lots more. And she's like covering them with tarpaulin. And then my freezer just fills with the with the raspberries. Because I thought, well, at least I could freeze them. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. okay. Yeah. You they can do something really well. with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're going with wheelbarrows to mm -hmm. our neighbor's garden saying if we could use their freezer <laughs> and like freezer space. Yeah. And yeah, basically I had raspberries sorbet for like a whole year and more and also just all my recipes were centered around raspberries. <laughs> so did you sell much raspberry sorbet um, secret garden? Was well it, secret it garden rained one? but uh, it did for two days we did we did okay really good well. so I, did, I got rid of a good chunk of it but I mean it was insane so and I didn't tell anyone in my family how much it cost <laughs> they asked and I just lied until <laughs> it was actually until I got my book deal I, I let it out and I told them I said by the way I spent a grand on raspberries I dropped a grand on raspberries <laughs> I told one friend that spends a lot of money on clothes and I thought she'd be sympathetic. <laughs> she, she was pretty shocked. Oh my God. Yeah, she's like, at least brilliant. a bag lost. <laughs> you were insane. But now, I mean, think about it. I bet you have the best raspberry sorbet recipe there is. And, and yeah. probably you could probably write a book on, on raspberry recipes. Like how, yeah. to, how, to, how to make frozen raspberry yeah. everything. Yeah, that would do well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Burrow是a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection。Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware,weather-ready teak and quick-dry foam cushions. For Mem
I well, I went to Mexico this year, which was incredible for mm-hmm. food. It's just so much amazing, so many amazing ingredients, vibrant flavors and colors, and it's yeah, it's just so great. And yeah, I yeah, I just loved it. And um, great restaurants as well. Mexico City, one of my favorite places. I mean, there's definitely. so much food when I think of Mexico. I mean, it's Mexican food. I mean, there's tacos and salsa and. Yeah, but is that ceviche? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, you know, they have that as well. And I mean, the fish and the, yeah. the avocados and and all the salsas are just Mind amazing. Blowing. But I, I think for my most inspiration, I've kind of got from a place so far that isn't Italian based. I'd say probably LA. Okay, interesting. Quite and controversial I, in a way. Yeah, and I think maybe some people what do you would think say, "What LA the hell? Yeah. Like, that's just it's just fluff. It's not really that great." But I, I feel like they're with food specifically, I wouldn't say everything about that, about LA. I wouldn't say, you know, the whole lifestyle necessarily. Um, I'd say from food and restaurants, mm-hmm. they are just so creative and really imaginative with food combinations and just not afraid to do something weird yeah. and, and move. They do so many cool um, fusions, sort of like sushi burritos and yeah, cool. all that kind of stuff. And then with the Asian and Mexican food, it's just, I feel like that you really get so much from a trip mm-hmm. out there and the food, I mean, obviously the Italian, they've just got a real yeah. mix. And because the ingredients are so good because yeah. of the sunshine, um, they've got a real range of amazing produce. Okay, so yeah. LA. So I do think I've got, I, I went there last year and I just, came, I feel like I was in a bit of a, inspiration rut mm-hmm. and when I went there, I just came back and it just completely changed my whole sort of look on on sort of what I was doing so yeah it was really good and what about the strangest thing you've ever eaten um yeah so um when I was in sounds like I travel a lot when I say this but um but you do travel a lot yeah I mean in a good way not in a kind of yeah negative way and it's a brilliant travel I know so but much. I'm trying to do less traveling yeah so before I really thought about it, I went to Japan and amazing I, though I dream which, of going to Japan. Yeah, I mean I wasn't enough time. I'd like to go yeah. for, for longer and really explore it more. But I was on a press trip, an amazing press trip, and yeah, I was there in winter time this year. And there are some really weird stuff, mm-hmm. things that they give you. And I you was with this hilarious. We were really lucky that the group we were with, with mm-hmm. I was with Isabella. She's from Copenhagen. No, she's not. She's from somewhere else in Denmark. Okay. But she is so lovely and she was being a really good sport and just eating everything. And I had Claire Menere mm-hmm. next to me and she was a little bit more fussy yeah. about what she ate. Kind of missing, you know, not eating everything. And I was a bit, you know, I, I kind of was also on her level a little mm-hmm. bit because I felt a bit sick from some of the things we you know, this one hotel. And this stuff arrived and it smelled so weird, this sort of soupy thing. And we didn't know what one of the things was on the menu, obviously. And we're like, oh, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's just milt. Milt? Yeah, and I thought, oh, I don't really know what that is. Anyway, so I Googled it. And then this poor girl, Isabella's just like chowing it down. And she's like, mm, it doesn't really taste much. Don't really like it. And I'm eating, I think I had a bit, but it really, I, I stopped. It, it was weird. The smell. And it's, it's like, it's basically semen. 
You cod, were eating semen. Cod semen. Cod yeah. semen. Yeah. Wow. Oh wow, that's weird. That's definitely <laughs> weird. So gross. Oh my gosh. And when I told her, I basically burst out <laughs> laughing. And the poor girl was just like, Don't tell me what it is. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And and I did, and then we felt quite bad. She was oh the only one. But did. hats off to her for yeah, trying it, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, like you've got to try stuff. I always, especially yeah. when you're in a different country. Sometimes yeah. it's so, it's rude. You you just have to eat it. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I'm. You, I mean, you know, I don't eat meat. And I remember once sitting opposite this chef, and he and and it was he made this thing, and it was it was veal, and I just had to eat this mouthful of veal. Yeah. And I, thank God for kind of tasting menu sized courses. But oh my God, that's the thing. It's those yeah. tasting menus. Like the lifetime. <laughs> they do. Don't do them. Yeah. So I know you spoke about it earlier, but I know that you're a massive tennis fan, a Federer yeah. fan. Federer fan? It's a Federer. It's, I yeah. mean, Anna, you you like a bit of Rafa as well, right? Someone gave me a hard time actually. Uh, it was on choose. Saturday saying that how could I support Federer when I went to Nadal's tennis camp? I think that's a bit unfair. I mean, Fed doesn't really have the camp, yeah. so but I would go there. And it's the love of the game, really. It's isn't the it? love of the game, yeah. Big time. So, if you were cooking for 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 Roger, what would you what would you cook him? What, what um, do you think he'd like? So, I would love to cook for Roger. Mm-hmm. That would be a big dream. Uh, definitely one of my dreams. Um, what would I cook for him? I mean, I I don't really know enough about what he likes. I know he did a pasta advert, so maybe I'd maybe do pasta. pasta. I don't think he's got a weird eating regime yeah. like some of them like you know Djokovic where he's very fussy about stuff um, so yeah I'd probably go so pasta funny. and pasta. maybe like one of my desserts mm-hmm. I think I could win him over with that with, with something chocolatey maybe he'd get me some tickets yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure you would okay so pasta and one of your epic desserts yeah cool. maybe ice cream maybe he's that I think guy. you should do ice and cream maybe I'd do both yeah I think because maybe raspberry Roger. sorbet I mean yeah. you know you, you've got that down right <laughs> And what about other people who inspire you? Maybe specifically in kind of, it, maybe actually not in food. Like, it could be food. It could be, I know that you care a lot about the environment as well, but people maybe yeah. right now who are inspiring you. Um, yeah, so aside from tennis figures, mm-hmm. from I tennis. would, I mean, food-wise, I definitely always love Ossolengi. Mm-hmm. I think he's amazing. Um, but yeah, I'd say probably people not in food would be I love Russell Brand big yeah. Russell fan yeah. and I think what he's doing with his podcast is amazing and I think he's just you know he has some really great guests on it if anyone hasn't listened to it, Under the Skin it's just I feel you get so I love podcasts where you just you know you're always learning and yeah. you're always getting so much from them and he just finds these incredible people that are all not all in the spiritual world but they all are doing very interesting different things um and like the Wim Hof I'm obsessed and uh yeah so I'd say probably him I'm trying to think of other people um I listened to this amazing podcast as well this guy called Mo Gordet have you heard of him no he's all about um so this is I guess more in like wellness and spirituality world um it's all about like how to be happy and he has this very interesting podcast that he was talking on um i think it's six uh how to fail podcast oh, have you heard of elizabeth that one gilbert day. No, elizabeth day yeah, yeah. that's yeah. they he, i really great, recommend podcast. she's amazing he yeah so i i actually haven't listened to that much of her but i listened to this one that he was on it'll make you cry but it's in it's okay. insane and he's just a really special person and he he, he very tragically lost his son um, from a routine operation and basically his mission is to uh, spread his equation for happiness to mm-hmm. one billion people 
And wow. he's just sort of taken this horrendously tragic, um, you know, thing that's happened to him and he's putting it in such a positive light. Mm-hmm. And I won't spoil it for you, but it's amazing. I okay, really so recommend it. Okay, so I have to listen it. to it. So yeah. that's his episode on, on yes. her podcast. Yes. Okay, cool. So we're coming, kind of coming to the end. What What's in store for you for kind of the next few months? Um, so I do this, um, what do I do? So I do this uh, little online series on Instagram with Millie McIntosh and- Yummy recipes, really yummy recipes. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so there are a lot of vegan recipes mm-hmm. and ve- vegetarian as well. And they're really fun to do. And we just, we film at my sister's mm-hmm. And yeah, we're so that's coming out. I've got another set we were filming more last this week actually. Yeah. And then we've we were discussing our Yeah, we've dinner. got something coming up. We, yes. we've got everybody listen. We're doing a we're gonna do a very exciting supper club. Come probably November, I think. Yeah. That's when it's end gonna of be. November. Yeah, end of November. So everybody keep their eyes and ears peeled. And then last two questions that I always like to finish on. What are the top three ingredients that you would advise, that you have yourself and that you advise people to have in their kitchen to throw together a good dinner party? Toasted sesame oil, I love. Yeah, delicious. I kind of put that with most things. Mm-hmm. Too I many things. I my lunch today. Did you? Yeah, yeah I mean, so good. Makes killer dressing. It's yeah. so good. It goes a long way. I'm obsessed with that. I also love apple cider vinegar. Mm-hmm. I put that in pretty much everything as mm-hmm. well. Too many things. I get obsessed with, with a few things. Yeah. And obviously chocolate and lemon and yeah. vanilla. You can have four. Okay, five. We're going to five now. <laughs> chocolate, lemon, vanilla. I put those in most Apple things. cider vinegar. Yeah. What was the other one? Oh, toasted, so, toasted sesame oil. Yeah. Do you have a specific place that you get, like, best chocolate? Best chocolate. Or you or you relax with your kind of chocolate? I mean, it's got to be 70%. 70% or higher. Or 85, maybe. 85. The lint 85 yeah. is pretty good. What was say. the one that that chocolate lady... I always call her chocolate, chocolate lady. Chocolate lady. Jennifer Earl, yeah. who is brilliant. And if anybody doesn't know about chocolate, yeah, and, and took wants her to up, know. wants to know, she knows. She, she knows does chocolate everything. tours as well, doesn't she? She she's, does chocolate she's tours in London. She's just like a real life Juliette Vinoche. She, she really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I Well, she'd be the one to ask, but I I really like, I used to buy in um, wholesale of Duffy mm-hmm. chocolate. Um, and I think that's really good quality and just so much depth and flavour. Can you buy and, that in the supermarket? You can definitely get it online. Okay. I think that if you're doing 100% cacao, yeah. then I like the Willie's chocolate. Yeah, that's great. Or um, there are so many good ones though now. I feel, I really like, oh, I know what it is. It's like a raw one. Is it called raw? And it has like, oh. Raw Halo. No. They're really nice packaging. Pure Earth? No. It's it's in my supermarket, uh, like in it's in my corner shop. Umbar, that's it. Oh, umbar, yeah, umbar, that's it. great actually, as raw chocolate goes, because raw chocolate can be a bit iffy and a bit chalky. Umbar's great. Normally, yeah. I have umbar in my backpack, not yeah. today, but yeah, normally I have. I mean, umbar. I wouldn't make a cake with it because it's quite expensive. Yeah, it is quite expensive, but it's good. I also like Valrona. Valrona is great. And lint, I'm I'm a bit of a I'm a big yeah, lint buy that fan. Too. I've got to say, and green and blacks. I for, mean, all for, of them for for kind of supermarket. You know, when you're making a chocolate cake, yeah, lint lint is great. It yeah. really does all the things. Good cookies. And then for your ultimate t- good cookies, <laughs> for your ultimate. This girl was when we on our way. We had to take a cookie diversion, um, which we sadly couldn't find, but we did find a very good vegan brownie, which you've been happy with. That was you? good. Yeah, it's I good. Say it's very good. Good, it's, good. <laughs> it's a good vegan brownie. It filled the void. So, if for your ultimate dinner party, if you could have any three people in the world, alive or dead, anyone in the world, 
who would you have to your dinner party and why would you have them? Okay. Um, well, I would have... This is so silly because I've already mentioned him. I would definitely have Roger. Yeah. Because for Just many reasons. Just like tennis freak. I also would like Rafa Nadal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, because I feel I mean, like I get think on. They're, they're quite gentlemanly. Yeah. You know, they've got they good vibes. I've got lots of questions. Yeah. And I'm sure. Maybe I could get a lesson before. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Always trying to and get then, something. Probably more interestingly, I would have my. So last year, um, my uncle Vincent uh passed away passed away and he was 99 oh thanks and he was 99 and I used to he was a massive tennis fan as well and also a big big foodie like I feel him and my grandma so my I'm half Polish and it's from my Polish side my grandma and him showed me I feel they really got me into food in Mm -hmm. a big way and they they really showed me the kind of rich side of food like the kind of lobster and yeah, seafood and, and like creme brulee and chocolate mm-hmm. and things like that so I definitely grew up with them more them than my mum I'd say and mm-hmm. my parents aren't as into it as maybe they are or were and I feel like he would just lap that up and I mm-hmm. could do a big seafood thing or something yeah, big seafood and pasta maybe yes I think he'd appreciate that and then all the cho- all the puddings maybe two puddings yeah, maybe. I mean, I'd go all out. Put it that way. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Nina. That was so fantastic. Thank, thank you, you for, for coming on. Me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends around for supper. This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.